I'm Sally Tierney, the owner of Clear Path Forward, an advocacy investigation firm in Virginia. And I love listening to the PI Perspective podcast because Matt interviews so many investigators that bring their unique expertise to the show. I've learned so much from them and look forward to every single episode. Thank you, Matt. The Campbell Group has teamed up with PI Perspectives to offer listeners top-notch, affordable insurance solutions. Private investigators can get insurance for their business for as low as $305 per year. Apply now at PIPerspectivesInsurance.com and receive a quote back within 24 hours. Do you enjoy our podcast and the guests we bring you? Since 2019, Matt and his team have done their very best to give you amazing shows each week. If you feel like our show has helped you to be a better investigator, or maybe even inspired you to become an investigator, please let us know. We're looking for testimonials. Drop Matt an email with a recorded 20 to 30 seconds of you talking about this podcast. You can also email him something verbal about the website. His email is S at SatellitePI.com. And if you really feel blessed for having this content, consider supporting Matt and our show by joining Investigators Toolbox. You really have to see version 2.0. And at just 49 cents a day, it's a no-brainer. Now let's jump in to this week's episode. Today we're jumping back into our archives. We revisit the amazing Brandon Puron. If you do criminal investigations, you know the name. Brandon is one of the most well-respected criminal investigator instructors out there. So get ready for a refresher on this cool episode. Please welcome Brandon Perron and your host, private investigator Matt Spare. And welcome everyone to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. This is Matt Spare, your host. Well, I finally did it. I got somebody off my hit list, <laughs> somebody who's been on there for a while. And we were talking about good hit lists and bad hit lists, and uh, this is a good hit list to be on. So, Brandon, Brandon Perrin, welcome to the program. How are you? Thanks. I appreciate it. Really do. Yeah, it's so great to have you. Like I mentioned before we started recording, you and I know so many of the same people. It's amazing that I think we've only been in the same room once, which is great. <laughs> it's that way a lot in our profession, though. It really is. Yeah. But it seems like you know people because I hate to say it, but social media, Facebook, and interacting with other friends and such. So even when you reached out to me, it's like, oh, Matt, it's not like I, I, it was bizarre that we never had a really in-person conversation. We said we might have in New York, in yeah. New York City a few years ago, but we just don't quite remember. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're crappy. <laughs> so for folks who don't know you, tell me a little bit about your background and, and how you got into the business. Well, I started uh, 1985 in the United States Air Force as a law enforcement specialist there. Uh, spent about a year working in a uh, law enforcement capacity, uh, you know, which would be it was at Lackland Air Force Base, Texas in San Antonio. And we had 60,000, 61,000 people on the on the base. It was an open base at the time. It was like a small city in Texas. And we were a law enforcement agency like any other in the state. So it was a big agency that, you know, investigations division would be like a detective bureau. We, we ran it all. We had a highway running through us. So we were dealing with civilians all the time. We had a pretty, a lot of crime. After a year, I applied to the investigations division, which would be equal to a detective in the, uh, the civilian world. And I got it. And I spent the next three years and loved it. And one of the things about being an investigator, it's when I realized I wanted to be an investigator, not necessarily a 
a cop, so to speak. I didn't want to be a law enforcement officer. I don't mind. I like being a law enforcement, but I didn't want to be on patrol and want to be in uniform. I wanted to be an investigator. I wanted to meet those intellectual challenges. And I've always found it interesting. That's where my passion is. Right. When I left the Air Force, I wanted to, you know, um, look at uh, civilian opportunities. And then I ended up getting this. Uh, an offer from three departments and one from the public defender's office in Florida. And at first, I, I you know, mentioned, you know, the public defender's office. I had to wrap my head around that a little bit because I was like, they would, I was told they're the bad guys and dark side, you know, you're going to go over to the other side. But something I realized when I was uh, in the military and, and the law enforcement side, one day I got a call from area defense counsel attorneys and I had a conversation and he wanted to talk to me about a case. And I said, sure, I'll talk to you about it. I had never had a problem speaking to the defense ever. I just felt, I've always felt full disclosure is important, especially when we represent the government. Right. And I've always recognized that the uh, sixth amendment, uh, fourth amendment, you know, the uh, uh, fifth amendment, they're all designed to protect Americans from the government, not from Al Qaeda or from foreign c- countries. It's from us. We're our own right. worst enemy. So I always felt full disclosure was important. And I had nothing to hide. I always felt open ethical investigations were crucial to what we do as investigators. In the end, we're truth seekers. That's what we are. You know, we're not the lawyers. They're advocates for their clients and the prosecutors are advocates for the government's position. But we as investigators, we are truth seekers. You know, Veritas is our Veritas Knights is what we call them in our organization. You know, that's our job. So he told me we don't have investigators. I wish we had investigators. And we'd be able to do so much. I was like, wow, you don't. So when I ended up getting an offer from the public defender's office, I decided to go that route because let me give it a shot. And it turned out to be a pure investigative role. I got to be. And what I learned quickly man, is that all of a sudden I was recognizing I was no longer enforcing the laws defined by the statutes that are regulated and enacted by the legislature, you know, state legislatures at the political whims of the Democratic or Republican parties, I was defending the Constitution of the United States. I was defending the Sixth Amendment right to a fair trial. You know, I wasn't helping bad guys, you Mm -hmm. know, and that really hit home right here for me. And it has for a lot. So I worked there and then I left. I ended up going on my own in a private agency specializing in criminal defense, Um, still maintained a contract to do work with the public defender in a lot of ways. Then I ended up in 1994, started training. And in 2000, created the Criminal Defense Investigation Training Council. And we provide national re- uh, certification and accreditation for criminal defense investigation. We yeah. do over 42 states in the U.S., the federal government. We even train the military now. So it's full circle for me back to the military, so cool. train them in criminal defense. And uh, so and that's in a short nutshell where I am. So yeah. you know, that's where we are today. Yeah, that's not a short nutshell, but it's <laughs> <that's> good, man. <laughs> I, I mean, so many, so many things. <laughs> It's, it's tough to tough to summarize after 37 years. Yeah, yeah. so many things to unpack here, man. Uh, I mean, you, you just said so many awesome things. So, I mean, you, you're talking about the whole litigation, and, and I always recall back to F. Lee Bailey, uh, the, the last time I saw him alive at, at a, a conference talking, you know, it, there cannot be um, litigation without investigation, right? That, that was nope. the tagline for the day. It, it, it sits with you, right? So it, it is... Right up there in that corner is a picture of me and him back in 1996 when I worked with him on a homicide case. There you, and, uh, there you go. I mean, one of the most inspirational moments I ever had in tests. And I tell you, when I first met the man and he, I was going to work with him, I was so intimidated. Yeah. <laughs> As investigators, a walking legend sitting across from me yeah. going with my reports. 
And I was like, what's he's going to he's going to he was taking over a case I was on. And one of the best moments of my life is when he said, this is great. I'm going to keep you on. This is good work. You don't you don't suck. I tell you, man, like my story with him, uh, I've told it before, but and, you know, just real quick again, I was at an alley event and I was late getting into the room because I was talking with friends and whatever. And there were literally no seats left. So I sat down at a table and I'm starting to eat my um, lunch. And he literally sits down with his entourage with me. And I ended up like sitting next to him, having lunch with him. And I'm just like, holy crap. I can't believe I'm eating lunch with Flea Bailey. And uh, what a nice man. And really, really, really cool. Very cordial. Excuse me. Respectful. Yeah. Intelligent. People don't recognize that how, and he loves investigators. The man loved us. I mean, you know, I hate to say the past tense because it's sad when the legend passes, but he loved our profession. Yeah. He would rather sit and eat lunch and dinner with the investigators than the lawyers. Yeah, maybe that's why he came and sat next to me. Who knows? Yep. No, uh, absolutely. absolutely. So cool. And, you know, like f- folks that are getting into the industry or if, if you've been in the industry for a bit and, and you focus on criminal, chances are you've probably taken one of your programs um i mean your name is known and uh you know that's why i wanted to have you on here today just to to kind of talk about you know folks that are just getting into this how they get started maybe folks that have been in for a while and um maybe they're burnt out or, or they're not seeing the growth uh potential in what they're doing because maybe they're not doing technically they're not doing what they're they're supposed to be doing so some of the the pitfalls on there um it's always great to get somebody's perspective on on things um we are going to take a, a a quick break before we jump in to all that so um everybody sit tight and uh, we'll be right back check out the pi institute of education at piinstitute.com since 1989 kelly riddle has been teaching on subjects such as surveillance nursing home investigations insurance fraud domestic investigations hidden assets and accident scene investigations The PI Institute of Education is a featured learning partner in the InvestigatorsToolbox.com. So check out the free content on the site, then visit the Institute for more great savings on additional classes. I want to talk to everybody today about ScopeNow.com. ScopeNow has been a big time sponsor of this program for quite some time, and I just love their service. I've been using them since the beginning i'm one of their beta customers and uh, it's been so awesome to see them grow into the business that they are today and just how they just keep reinventing themselves and pushing themselves to get more and more information what it comes down to is, is scope now is a tool that you definitely need to use if you do social media investigations any internet research and really Spending less time digging around and, and uh, looking for information, I think is one of the best points of how ScopeNow can help you. Their AI platform, their analytics are amazing. You really get an idea of what you need. You're reducing the time, you're reducing the manpower that you, you're spending on doing this research because they're essentially doing it for you and uh, they're doing it correctly, which is most important. One of the new things that they're actually offering is this flagging system where you can flag behaviors and really highlight and um, look out for fraud. If you're doing a lot of fraud research, uh, this is a fantastic tool and you can set up alerts. So you have uh, particular people that you're looking at, you can actually set up alerts to get notifications when the criteria that you set up is actually um, is flagged and goes off. It's really, uh, really amazing. And their relationship 
and association analytics are uh, top-notch, really uh, cutting edge and really, really cool. When they brought that out on version three, it was a game changer. I mean, really being able to see how people interact together and, and uh, you know, having that relationship, you know, analysis is really, really something that's cool. You know, one of the other things about being involved with Scope now is their ability to offer webinars. Their team is cutting edge on putting together and getting out really, really great content. If you're a member of Scope now, if you know who they are, you've seen them around on LinkedIn, you'll, you'll know that they're constantly doing webinars on these new websites that are coming out and uh, they're really staying on top of it. And don't forget, uh, any reports that you generate, you can actually white label those reports and put your own logos on and, and really make them look professional, which you know could equate to more billing for you as well. So check them out today. It's uh, www.scopenow.com. They're a great, great company. They should be one of the tools in your toolbox along with whatever kind of uh, search engines you do. Uh, you need to make sure that ScopeNow is a part of that suite. ScopeNow.com. Are you an investigator that can't find the time for research, or are you stuck on a case that has given you issues? Satellite Investigations has a dedicated research team that specializes in skip tracing and defendant locates. Let our expert researchers use a balanced technique of research and pretext know-how to authenticate data and get you the answers you need. Contact us today by emailing us at newcase at satellitepi.com. And welcome back to PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host. Uh, we've got Brandon Perrin here today, uh, the, the legend who F. Lee Bailey says his work doesn't suck, so that's good. So <laughs> welcome back to the program. <laughs> um, okay. My new so, tag, thanks to you. We there you go, suck. right? Your new tag, right? <laughs> Trademark that stuff. T-shirts. <laughs> he doesn't <I> suck. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, listen, your passion for training, um, there's... I don't think there's anyone out there, you know, that 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 puts in the time that you do uh, to making sure that folks know what they're doing, right? So it's it's making sure in our industry that there's that certain level of professionalism and and excellence, and it starts when we're first getting into it, but it also maintains over the way. So, like if you've been doing this for a while, you know, it doesn't hurt to brush up on things and talk about trends, techniques. Um, what works, I, you know, what I love about our industry is that so many folks now are, are sharing and it didn't used to be that way. Um, you're right. You're right. Absolutely correct. Big secret. Everything was a secret, you know, right, right, right. they were afraid to share their techniques and knowledge because then they'd have competitors. And it was just the, that the insecurity was really amazing, but it's changed. Thank the great organizations, uh, you know, um, you know, all the state ones, national ones, NCISS, NALI, uh, NDIA, all these organizations just, and the internet made the world get a lot more connected. I think that really helped a lot in our, in our, our discipline in any industry really. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny, the, the internet can be a blessing and a curse, right? So I, I just interviewed an engineer um, recently for the show and uh, he had some real concerns in coming on because uh, he was afraid there'd be content out there that uh, if he had to testify, like they may call him out on it. And I was like, yeah, we're not getting super technical, man. You're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, but, but there is that, right? So it's like, these are things that are out there in the ether forever. And you never know, you can say something or do something that could potentially cause you a problem later on. Right. You're right. 100%. Yeah. You never know. Um, Okay, so let, let's jump right into it, man. So you're a, a, a new investigator. You've just got out of law enforcement, let's say a maybe federal job or or something like that, and now you're you're opening up your shop and and 
you say, I always had that passion for the who, what, when, where, and, how, and why, right? We're all a certain age. We all read the Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew. We, we were into uh, Sherlock Holmes and, and all that. So that, that, that question for finding out why things happen, I think if you're a certain age like us, that, that, that pushes you forward. So you want to do this for a living. What are some of the things uh, getting into criminal investigations that, that an investigator should keep an eye open for and do? Uh, first and foremost, I think no matter whether you have whether you have training from a, a position in that you held or you don't, if you're going to, uh, I've always went. You need to be a investigator is in the private sector. If we're going to go that route right now and talk about it, I believe they have to be a jack of all trades and master of at least one. You've got to be a master of one. Right. Um, you know, you can. It's kind of like in in martial arts and fighting. You can learn other arts and and go train with them and even develop great skills, but and you can even earn black belts and other martial arts, but you've got to be, you know, that third degree, fourth degree black belt in the one primary that is yours. And then you adapt the others to work for you. So I think that's really important. And then where do you get that training from becomes crucial. You know, where are you going to get it? Who are you going to for that? So there's a lot of research that people have to do, especially if they're going to be outside their lane. And I, I want to make the point that I think you understand and you come from law enforcement, you can be very successful, very accomplished. Well, when you leave law enforcement and come into private investigation, you are entering another career field. It You're bringing some great skills with you. I did it too. But it was a real eye-opener for me that when I went with this, you know, with veteran status and accomplishment and commendation medals for what I did as an investigator. And when I went into the private sector, I had so much to learn. Um, and what really helped was joining a state association. I can't, I, I really can't push that more to people at the state one uh first the national ones are important one pick one that suits you or two that suits you three even so you can overdo it i think but pick you where you have a good fit but the state one you have to um become part of the network become part of the organization learn the laws the ins and outs so you don't get in trouble i mean and get some mentors peer mentors colleague mentors who will you can call and say hey what do i do here so that would be my advice first and foremost yeah I mean, you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> That's the whole reason investigators toolbox is the same thing, right? So it's not, you know, in a, in a state, but it's, it's created that community where folks can go for resources and, and uh, training and having that back and forth and, and um, you know, really having that expert. Um, it's all right. And, mentor and you, you know, and say, investigators too, but it's so it's so nice to be able to, the, the technology allows us to have the kinetic, networking connections on the local level and even national but it's once a year maybe you know depends what you can afford but with the virtual connections now you can have contact with mentors and experts and such seasoned professionals who are ethical and and the top of their field at your fingertips i mean yeah. it's like just like we're talking right now if, if you use that tool that's out there and it's really inexpensive that's what's amazing to me um, remember how much it used to cost before we had the internet you know that's i know you know i'm 57 years old and i remember when i started as an investigator i was using a typewriter for reports man <laughs> you know when we got a computer in our agency it was like wow look at this a computer. Oh, I, I remember the video cameras you know they on the shoulder right? i'm literally driving <laughs> i got a camera on the shoulder yeah but, you were my boss wouldn't buy cell phones and we had pagers, right? So I had to go dial the 800 number and call into the office, you know? Uh, no, and I remember when there were no cell phones. <laughs> right, exactly. That's crazy. It, 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 and But with technology and things like that, it, it allows you 
to set up shop and to be a solo practitioner and, and, and kind of, you know, not worry about all things because you can manage things so easily, even case management software. Like we didn't have any of that stuff, you know, now you cross tracks, you get, you can do everything. It's, it's fantastic, man. You can keep track of everything and stay organized. Um, so I'm going to take the, the whole state association thing that you said, I'm going to take it one step further, not only be a part of, of your state association, serve on the board, right? Volunteer and, and, and make the effort to actually be a part of your state association. That is how you build relationships. And that's, that's a great advice for a new person too. I mean, it really is because they don't have a reputation in that field, in that, in that networking, you know, arena. And it's a great way to develop leadership presence. You yeah. know, it really you know, looks yeah, great on your material too. I mean, you're a, a board member of the uh, association, state association. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm, I'm about to be the head honcho in, in January. And I don't know how I feel about that, but, um, it's called know, insane. I just wanted to point out. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's good. It, and I'm actually, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And, um, the, um, NCI is the same thing. So I, I'm a regional director in, in there and I don't serve on a board in Nelly, but I know a lot of board members. So, you know, it's like being present, right? So if you're in the industry, um, finding that mentor, you know, is really, um, you know, something, somebody who's going to help you along the way, especially on these criminal cases, man, because it, there's such a burden. I don't know how you do it, man. I, Cause there's such a burden on getting it right. You know, like this is life or death that you're talking about here for somebody. And, you know, it, sometimes that can be very overwhelming, you know, and you just need somebody to bounce it off of and, and kind of figure out, are you heading in the right way? Are you burning through a retainer? And, and doing things that you don't need to be doing because uh, it's, it's not going to be in the best interest of the client. And, you know, it's like you may think that that's the right way to do it, but it may not be right. So having those resources to bounce off and say, hey, you know, like I need another set of eyes on this or just an opinion. I mean, it's priceless, right? Oh, it absolutely. Just to have that behind you is kind of like you're, you know, when you think of a company, any company organization, big companies will have a board of directors. They're there for advice. They bring their expertise to the company's uh, table to understand things. So you can build your own board of directors. You don't have to go informal. You don't have to call them that, but that's what they are. Those mentors, you know? yeah. and people you met at these, at these uh, conferences, you know, that you say, wow, you heard him speak. You sat with them, you talked to them. So they, you know, their personality isn't the only thing that impressed you. Maybe it was their, their subject matter expertise that really you're like, wow, they really know what they're doing. And that's someone you want to bring into your fold yeah. to help you build your company or maintain and sustain yeah. your existing. It needs a little refreshing and needs to, you know, go a little deeper. But that being said, I, I do want to point out that that that's, that becomes very important when you're coming into it, you know, and establishing relationships. But once you make a decision, for instance, you're going to talk, talk about criminal defense. If you're going to make the decision to go into criminal defense, it, you have an, ethical obligation a duty to seek specific training related to criminal defense it is complicated it is a, a legal investigation field with depth beyond many others when it comes to the ins and the outs and the pitfalls and the landmines that you could step on that can ultimately destroy a client's life that they're there you could destroy their chance at constitutionally guaranteed due process you know you've got to understand those things like do you understand the true nature 
of the uh, that you are an agent of counsel when you work with an attorney on a defense case and that you enjoy attorney client privilege work product protections do you understand the confines of those protections yeah. I, I hear investigators who just say i'm gonna start doing criminal and they take in a criminal case and they i go who hired you they go well the family did i go who's the lawyer well, I'm working with one yet i'm like are you kidding me <laughs> I hate you're those. working on a criminal case with no attorney client extension protections on you are you nuts well i have my license you know i have protections for my license to go not in those cases you don't sport <laughs> you, know? you know what's crazy on that though is that you get a lot of these attorneys that say i don't want to get involved until you hire an investigator like do some legwork already and show me that that you know your this case is worth my time so it's like the family's getting that kind of direction from an attorney because like it's, well, they it's weird when it happens and that you know you talk about you know i'm a big one as the investigator is going to do criminal defense in any any discipline but i'm going to stick in my i'm going to do my my people who my training participants my students the people i've trained always say that if you said what's brandon's motto they say stay in your lane that's my motto yeah stay in your damn lane you know what i mean become a subject matter expert in this lane you may know a little bit about other things but this is where this is why they hired you because you're the expert here and that's where you need to be the go-to person. You yeah, really do. Very best at it. I mean, that's I, that's me. For me, it's personal injury. I mean, I've, I've gotten that re reputation in New York on the plaintiff side. You know, it's like yeah. these big law firms. Like, it's a yeah. complicated, very complicated. A lot of depth to it. You know, see, for me, that's not my thing. So if somebody asked me a question, I would say, I want to give you an unqualified answer on that about what I understand, but you need to call this person or this person and get i don't do that you know that's not my thing you know yeah. that that whole unqualified thing my wife is a term for it she calls it a matthewism <laughs> <So, laughs> like, here we go matthewisms again like you know go go get the truth so somewhere in between is <laughs> a matthewism and the truth is is where it is right uh, so yeah it, it you're right about that you know just being able to to focus on that and honestly like that's how you succeed in this business, right? You can't do everything. And you, no. you know, as much as you, you, you think you can, you really can't. And it's such a broad industry, um, which is why, you know, getting back to the networking and, and, and um, you know, increasing that um, ability to have things covered. See, I, I always take, you say stay in your lane. Like to me, I always take the, the approach is, you know, just be, be good at your one thing and uh you forward everything out to everybody else i'm a connector like that's my thing be a connector right it's not a matter of, of doing it it's a matter of it, it getting done right i would rather point a client to somebody like you that i know is going to hit it out of the park and it's like do you do you and i have an agreement am i getting referral out of it? maybe maybe not who cares that's not what it's about it's about it being done correctly because when that person max their car up or they get hit by somebody i know they're going to come back to me and I'm going to yeah. get the case, right? You know, and, and extend it further. I abs I actually don't take referrals on stuff. No. I don't want it. I tell clients, I want you to go to this person. Well, can't you be like the liaison? I go, no, you don't need me. You just be paying me money for nothing. You, right. you can talk to this person. They're the expert in it. Um, and I don't want I don't want that from even my colleagues. Say, hey, what if I give you a referral fee? I go, now nah, keep it. It's yours. And I found that has over the years has built such a a better relationship with people. Yeah. that they know I'm not doing something in expectation of something. I'm just, yeah, yeah. cause I, you're getting this from me because I think you, you the man or you the woman in this, you're the person to go to in this. And I got my own thing. 
I'm, yeah. I'm not looking to make a piece of anything. I'm just yeah. not. It, it, you bring up a good point there because there there is that whole what what's the right thing to do here, and I think it's on a case by case basis, right? Depending it, on it what is it's being asked to be done and whatever, you know. Yeah, um, it is. So just having the relationship, having the person come back to you, I think is is just more important. It's like okay, so you know, I, I've had people actually call me because they like they think I'm the, I'm the person to handle it, right? So I got the show here, you know, I'm out there, people know who I am. So I get calls all the time on cases that I'm just not, I'm not specialized in. So it's like, I'll, I'm the bridge, right? Okay, call this guy, call that guy. I'm not, I've gotten to the point, like, I'm so busy with my regular work. I don't even want to try and pick this thing up. You know, I don't even want to give a, a half, uh, half try on it, because I know it's, you know, you think you want me, but you don't. <laughs> like you think, you need me, but you don't. No, no, right about that. You're right. I, I think that's a great, um, a great per- personal uh, awareness. Um, there's a lot of, you know, a lot. We have to, as we develop in our field, we have to, along with our our character, along with our integrity, maintaining that. We do have to. You start to develop if you are in a true evolutionary path. We develop a degree of humility, yeah. where you 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 know your limitations. You know, and you feel that's also part of, can I really do the most for this client in this particular situation? Or is it more important for me to maintain my my integrity and my reputation by giving, steering them in the right direction? And then they attribute that to you. Yeah. Like, you know, that, that's, that just builds your brand up even more when you're willing to accept, be humble and say, I'm probably not the best choice for that. And it, it lands very well on people you ever noticed like, no wow. they appreciate it and their next question is well then who is right so <laughs> always have that answer ready <laughs> that position i'm like I, I i don't know i can point to someone who may know and now they're kind of on this trip of trying to connect them to the right people sometimes yeah. i don't know so the the other thing that i don't like that people do is they dump their garbage on you sometimes too. Like this person's a crazy person i can't deal with it just call mad at satellite <laughs> and i'll get these calls i get these referrals i'm like why would you do that, man? Like this person obviously is mentally ill. Why would you oh, say that to me? That. Crazy people have called mad. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, I get it all the time. It's like somebody calls and they're like, and it's something complicated and something I would never even dream of taking. I'm like, why would you refer that over to me? Uh, but it happens. And, you know, you, you're right. You got to be humble. You got to be, um, you know, you, you got to be, really upfront with with people on this stuff and nine times out of ten you know what they're calling you about is probably the most horrific thing that happened in their life you know yeah uh whether it be an accident or, or criminal charge or death or whatever you know it's like you know being able to help navigate somebody in that situation i think is is rewarding it's part of that going back to what you're saying earlier on that that investigation and and you know you feeling um, you're part of something or, 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 or that quest for getting the truth as opposed to, you know, working that schedule and doing this and, and that whole law enforcement vibe thing. Um, you know, you, you get that difference on things for sure. I like to put it this, if I could put it in this perspective for me, I, I always in my, my philosophy for investigators doing criminal defense, for instance, is that they are a defender of the Sixth Amendment of the United States Constitution. Okay, they are constitutional defender. They are an impartial and objective advocate of the truth. That's the philosophy. But I also, to kind of build on what you just said, when a client comes to them, they are facing quite possibly the worst thing in their life. There is virtually a proverbial fire-breathing dragon at their gate. It is pounding on the door, you know? And when you come to them, 
they're not looking for a social worker. They're not looking for someone to hold their hand and to hug them. They're looking for someone who has empathy. But at the end of the day, they want a warrior. They want a knight. They want someone who is going to stand up to that dragon, proverbial armor, shield, and sword in hand. And and they're going to slay. They're going to take on agents of deception. And they're going to just, you know, break them down and expose them for what they are. They want strength. They want confidence. They want uh, uh, intelligence. They want, in, you know, knowledge. That person, you got to show you are the, the warrior for the job. And you better have the training, the experience, and the support mechanisms, the network to back it up. And that's what I like to push. And that's what we offer through the Criminal Defense Investigation Training Council. All of the things I just described. The fundamental training through academy level uh, uh, programs, a philosophy, a methodology that's applied to every case, whether it be small or large, a network of the finest criminal defense investigators in, in the country, in the United States, in the world, in the state, private, federal, military. Your, your network is vast of the experience, you know, and a lot of the people we have as board certified criminal defense investigators, you know, because they're also NALI members and CLIs. I mean, a lot of them are the same people. They're interchangeable. But yeah. I, I believe in that concept of who we are as investigators. We we help people by being strong. Yeah. That's- I feel like Peter Jackson or Michael Mann is going to call you to write a screenplay or something. And then you're like, you're selling it. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. I want to do this job. <laughs> I want to watch that movie. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I think it also comes down to like you're talking about um, like humility, um, but you're also talking about vindication, right? And being able to be that uh, that expert in your arena, you know. And what happens when, when you get that vindication is when you get guys like F. Lee Bailey that say, "Hey, this is good. Like you did what I would expect to be done," or or you know, having that conversation with an attorney, you know, where where they're just like, "Hey, like what are your thoughts on this?" Right? I've got my opinion. I've got my theory. But now you tell me your theory. And like when you're getting those types of questions from like the heavy hitters in your industry, like your clients that are the best of the best at what they do, and now they're soliciting your opinion on things, that's the vindication that like, okay, I'm I'm in the right place at the right time doing the the, the right. Well, you are in that role. You got to remember they're in an adversarial, you know, arena and they're the general. That top lawyer is the general and they may have an legal staff. Those are those officers. You're their intelligence officer. They're going through battles, through hearings. They're fighting the big fight, and they're preparing for war and travel and trial. You're their intelligence officer. And when they ask you your opinions, it's because they want to know. They want to know, what do you think of this? They do respect you, but they also respect your perspective as an investigator. As you know, you conduct fact-driven investigations, and you look at evidence differently. You look at witnesses differently. You look at, you understand not only the facts, but the factual nuances of an entire event. You see alternative narratives where other people don't. You, you don't even notice you can look at a narrative that someone's promoting, and immediately you're developing alternatives to that narrative built upon the upon the same foundational evidence that that one's built upon. That's a that's a talent. It really is. Contrapositive, man. <laughs> you you got to always consider alternate person possibilities on things. I mean that that is what the lawyers are trained when they first you know taking the bar and doing doing all this other stuff. Like you you have to do it, and I I think as uh, Folks that are just out there doing the work every day, they show up to an accident scene or a crime scene or all that. And it, it, if you've got a uh, predisposed idea to how something happened, it can be helpful, but it can be hurtful too, right? You always have to 
consider like, okay, I got to rule things out. Not I got to prove my theory. I got to rule out all the other theories, right? If, if you take that approach, you're going to be think more successful. It, doing it, right? I always promote the concept. Think of it as every theory as a hypothesis. Mm-hmm. And a hypothesis should either be proven or disproven. Yeah. And it's the process of elimination. And we, you mentioned Sherlock Holmes earlier. First, you eliminate the impossible. Right. Whatever's left, however improbable, must be the truth. That's our job. So sometimes the process of elimination is important. But if your ego makes you stick to your original theory because you're not open-minded enough to consider other alternatives, you're going to get stuck. Yeah. And you're going to, you know, when you talk about training, you said people come over for training. I always say, yeah, someone says, well, I have 25 years of experience i don't need any training i've met many professionals my friend who have 25 years of experience but what they have is one year 25 times yeah that's a great perspective man wow they do the same thing they've been doing for 20 years they have not evolved they have not Mm -hmm. grown they they have not expanded their capabilities they're they haven't done it they just Mm -hmm. refuse to because they're they know it all their ego won't let them do it yeah it's tough i you know i i think you know, professionally reaching that point and saying, okay, you know, like I, I need to do that continuing education and it's a balance there too. Right. So I, I get it sometimes too. So maybe within that 25 years of somebody doing one thing, the same over and over again, like they're, they're a mom and pop shop, they're a sole practitioner. And for them to take the time off to go to one of your trainings or, or go to a conference and it's like, okay, I'm, I'm not making money there. And I'm paying money to, to, to attend this. I got a flight. I got a hotel. I'm paying for the actual conference. Great. I'm laying that money out. But now on top of that, I'm also not billing because I'm the only guy who does work in my office. Um, so it's a double hit, right? And that keeps people, you know, handcuffed from getting better at what they do. Hey, 2022, brother. Yeah. Go this learning we have it too you That's know the majority so many of our people train you know the the army we train all of the army criminal defense investigators now all of them it's all distance all of them so they can be on the job and work it's less expensive it's cost effective you know and they get to to do it as they're going many of our students that come through the training are using distance learning now because it's you save you can save a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars doing it that way because of the hotel travel away from work, yeah. and it's flexible. Do it over a twelve week period, and you, you, you work on the distance learning when you want to work on it. It's not set time, so there's options out there. So what, connect- what it does to the distance learning? I'm about to do something for Fappy uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, they're smart. They made it. There's free, right? So you can actually just go virtual learning for free, which is crazy. And they get like the best of the best in the, in the industry of things. So it's giving you that exposure to have that interaction, that training um, through distance, you know, you're hearing people that you normally may not hear, you know, you're, you're, you're getting that perspective from somebody that chances are, if you, if you weren't in that point in your career where you could afford to go to a conference and all that other stuff, like you're never going to be blessed that way. But if you can attend something virtually, um, and, and still be fed and still be blessed with the knowledge uh, on that, it c- could potentially be a game changer for you as sure. well. Um, so I, I do like, I appreciate the back and forth. I am a little burnt out on the virtual stuff, to be honest with you, just because the last few years it's, it's, it's been a lot, but you know, I love going places and, and yeah. hanging it's out. Big, you know? I'm, I'm already like booked through the end of the year. 
every day you got to go to, you know, I'm going someplace. I mean, you know, whether I got to train the Marines in September or out in San Diego, I got to go back to San Diego again to train the federal public defenders. I got to go to Minnesota in September for their public defender. And they're all ramping up. Yeah. I just did Georgia. Um, and, and you know, you're talking, you know, 60, 70, 80, 100 people in the room and they are star. People are just like, oh, yee, we're back in person. touching yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I, I go to these things I get, and I go to my friends like, OK, where are we going tonight? <laughs> it's over like when the hospitality suite's done. Like, I need to hang out. I need to go, you know, like <laughs> and then we need to like never talk about it again the next day. <laughs> like the things that happened last night. <laughs> Conference, I mean that rule. All the rules are coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's great. I mean, business gets done in the hospitality rooms. The business gets done. You know, the after hours. That's where you build your relationships. And man, I've met so many great people in this industry. Yeah. You know, people ask me all the time, like, how do you find so many guests for these shows? I'm like, I, I just know people. I go to things. You know, like, um, I'm a chatty Cathy. I can't just friends. In the, in the field and they live someplace else. They don't live near me. Know. You know, they live a thousand miles away, 1500 miles away. And it's, it's, it, that's the, it's great. Cause I met these really outstanding people and professionals and they've become lifelong friends, but I really don't get to see them much, you know, and when COVID hit, see them all, you know, and, uh, so you kind of starve for that. So I, I and then some, some people in our profession, you'll see them in every conference there is because, you know, some of it is they, they, they need because we are such lone wolves all the time. Yeah. And I think that's a time for you to connect to colleagues and build those friendships. I, you know, I, See, really I, I always love to go to these things. I love to pick the brains of people that are different points in their career. <clears throat> Excuse me. So like somebody who maybe has more employees than me or, or maybe they've, they've stepped away from the day to day field you know, operations and now they're managing more. Like I love having those conversations, right? How did you get here? Yeah. What did your day look like? Like that kind of stuff is good too. So you're getting fed professionally and do the, this is how you do this. This is how you do that. But also as a business owner, you know, it's like you, you, you have the opportunity to talk to people. What's your business model? How did you grow your business? How do you market to attorneys? How do you market to private industry? Like you can talk to your peers and they're telling you what's working and what's not working. Yeah. And very straightforward, you know, pragmatic way too. That's what I've always enjoyed about those conversations, you know. Yeah, it's all it's all good stuff. All really, really is really good stuff. And you know, it, it, there are opportunities to go to places all of all, all the time. You know, like you said, you're booked out for, um, you know, for for the rest of the year. Um, you know, I, they're already. Um, I'm starting to plan next year already. I was just talking to my wife today. You're like, okay, uh, we want to take a vacation next year. And she's like, do me a favor, check your conference schedule. <laughs> like where you're gonna be and right. we'll plan around that. Uh which it is works. yeah, she understands. Nice. You, know. you know, get to bring the family. The one thing I will say about coming back into it now, I just did my real first big one. I've always done the on-site training, even locally, because we we do a lot locally through the public defender system in Florida. So every week I'm training people, every week. Right. But traveling. I just did my first one in Georgia for the Georgia Public Defender's Office, and I did three days. And I gotta say, after the COVID thing, I wasn't completely up to speed on being, I do three full days on my feet, eight hours a day yeah. of high, high impact. And you lost the, your stamina. <laughs> dude, <laughs> I was dying. I, I was, my, 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 my feet and my legs were like hurting, you know, and you have the adrenaline rush, you know, when you do these, these whole day things, three day straight yourself. Right. And until the end, then you just crash. And I it's told amazing. my wife, I was like, 
Oh, I get a, you, you got I get COVID a, at, atrophy. Hard. <laughs> we got a new terminology, COVID atrophy. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it, it, it was all here. It was great. Everything yeah. at the lecture was going and the information's flowing, but it was the, 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 the body was going, oh, 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 <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, yeah, even the traveling. I mean, now it traveling sucks, right? All the delays, oh. it's, it's it's really bad. But it's like you forget and you go back and you go like, how was I doing this before COVID? Like, <laughs> you know, like how was I living that life and doing that schedule? You know, now you're things right. slow down and you look back and you're just like, man, I was on fire. That's not good. Yeah, you know? I've reassessed it. I've really reassessed it and just started being very – um there's some things I'll do, some things I won't. And I'm being uh, particular in respect to, I'm also being a little tougher on, on, uh, on fees and stuff like that. I have to say that I'm being a little, uh, you know, but I think that's also come with being maturity of, of uh, professional maturity and being around a while, you start to recognize that you kind of earned the ability to say, pick and choose and I'm not doing this. And this is my, and I think it's a hard thing for investigators in general, even when they're starting, don't you? Yeah when how much do you charge and when do you stick to your guns and you learn after a while it's better to charge the appropriate fee for what you're worth and maybe do less cases and make more money yeah as opposed to take everything and charge too little and burn yourself out you know it's it's uh so here's what happens i, I had this happen literally like maybe a month ago or even probably less than that so we had a, a firm that we were doing business with and a good amount of business and then just stopped we just weren't getting work from them. And I was like, oh, okay, all right. It, it, it went its way, right? So then I got a call from the attorney and it was like, I need you to handle this thing for me. And it, it's a tough thing I need you to do, but if you can get it done for me, he's like, I, we'll have you guys back. You know, you can come, you'll get all my work in my office, right? So I was like, okay, we'll, we'll give a shot at it. It was a hard problem to solve, but man, we solved it and we solved it quickly. And um, so then he calls me back. He's like, I'm, I'm sick to my word. I'm going to have you come in, right? So I come in to have a meeting with him. And he's like, okay, so here's the deal. <laughs> you guys are a little pricey, you know, and we had, we had trouble like justifying that. But then we saw the work, we actually saw the work that you do. And like, I have a guy that works for me and he's fantastic. He actually carries a printer in his car, right? So he was going out to take a statement from somebody and they had given us some prepared statement and there were changes that needed to be made, right? So he had his computer, he logged in his laptop, he did what he needed to do and he printed out things on the site. And they were like, our old investigator would have never done that. We would have had to like get charged to go back and make another right. visit and all this other stuff. And it's like, okay, you guys were paying you more, but you, you're worth it, right? So they they're they're now over that, you know. Hey, this is too pricey thing. And let's face it, the world is upside down now. Inflation rates are crazy. That's right. You have to charge rate. Like you, you got to raise your prices. Don't sit there. I was having this conversation with a process server the other day. We were having lunch, and I was like. I was like, how do you live, man? <laughs> like you're charging like $75 a serve. You know, he's like, oh, well, my competitor keeps undercharging me. So it's like they have the same clients they are going back and forth and they, they're lowering. Oh, I'll lower it by $2. I'll lower it by $3 and get the business, right? But they're dumbing down their industry. And yes. it's getting to the point where it's like, hey, man, like you're not going to be able to eat. And I, I'm like, you need to stick to your grounds and go, are you unhappy with that guy? Is he not getting it done for you? pay a little bit more and I'll do it correctly. Like you got to bill yourself yeah. as being the elite or the better option. It'll cost yeah. you more, but it being the better option. But it is a bold move. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's when you, once you get past that, it's easy to do, but it is hard for the, 
for the you know newer people when they got to make or even people been around for a long time and wonder why they're not making any more money. They didn't create a business that's profitable. They created a job. Yeah. You know, I, I spent and, so many years not charging like credit card uh, admin fees, not charging extra for mileage. There, there were years like I went 10 years without charging mileage. <laughs> it's like throwing money away and i'm just like oh i know my industry they're not going to want to pay it and the second i put it in there nobody ever said nobody, anything you know it's like yeah. it's crazy but that's my yeah. own stupidity my own fear i'm going to price yeah. myself out of the market right well, yeah, I'll be the first to say, I, I did it for the longest you know out of fear but, yeah. i i've had to raise fees and even from training and stuff like that and nobody says anything the one story i have what you did is we raised our rates on investigations for the agency part of our organization. And uh, one of our longtime clients called about it, said, hey, you know, I want to ask you, why did your rates go up? And, you know, there was a little silence when he said, like, <laughs> exactly. choose your answer wisely. Brand <laughs> and I just went, inflation, cost of doing business has increased. He goes, oh, yeah, you got a point. I knew that. And then he says, you know what? I got to change my rates. I haven't changed my rates in 10 years. And he like thanked us because he had not changed his legal fees to charge clients because I think the industry's getting a rot. You know, they get, and we're the worst private investigators. We are as bad at charging for our charging clients as attorneys are good. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. We're stop off. undercharging one another. Just got to stop yeah. it guys. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. It's bad practice. Not good for anybody. You know, really there's is. enough business out there for everyone. Just charge a good rate. You know, that's all. Well, you know, just think of how many lawyers in a local area actually don't use investigators. I mean, when you talk about an open market, it's it's amazing. And it's because they don't know. Right. I always make a point when I train lawyers. The first thing I say in every meeting, training lawyers, to establish authority. I say, could anybody tell me how many classes you had to take an investigation in law school? And they all look at each other. And go, oh, zero. Exactly. <laughs> So now we know who the subject matter expert is on investigation. There you go. <laughs> go get your shine box. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Great Goodfellas reference. <laughs> there you go. Fantastic. Well, on that note, I think we're we're gonna wind down here, man. This was this was great. We've we talked about dragons, we talked about generals, we talked about spies, uh, we talked about ninjas and grandmasters and, and all this other stuff. Uh, I swear you got a screenplay in you, dude. <laughs> really. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. Really so, did. so how do folks find you if they have more questions um, on on this stuff? How do they get a hold of you? Just go to our website at cditctraining.com, cditctraining.com, or in publicdefenderinvestigator.com. Same place, publicdefenderinvestigator.com, and everything you need there. And uh, you can enroll in training for distance learning. You can see our dates of where we're going to be so you can attend those trainings. And, uh, and there's a lot of information there, articles, et cetera, that you can access. And just a list of all the board certified criminal defense investigators in the United States, approximately 500 of them wow. from the government private sector. So for contacting people that you may want to network with. Awesome. Awesome. Brandon, this was a long time in the making, but about well worth the wait. Uh, I appreciate you coming. Great to revisit a great episode. Brandon was such an informative guest, and we thank him for spending some time with us this week. Thank you also to Campbell Insurance Group for sponsoring the show. Remember to tell them you listen to save $50 when you apply for insurance. Additional thanks goes to the PI Institute for Education, Satellite Investigations, and Conflict International for sponsoring our show. 
Also, make sure you check out investigatorstoolbox.com. You can type in version 2.0, 25% to save 50 bucks when you do join. If you have a question or a comment about the show, email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. You can also find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. We want your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. Stay safe out there.